0: Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast episode 137. What's a couple of weeks it's been on the Index, the matching engines coming into play and traders are super excited about it. So much so that Football Index SOTD reached out to me to come on the podcast. Usually I'm begging him to make an appearance. But Lee, how are you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm all good. Good (laughs) thanks, (laughs) Fig. Yeah, i reached out because there's a lot of nonsense spoken, so I thought try and put some things right
0: <laughs> <laughs> how you been doing since your last appearance I think it was on I mean apart from the the rogue appearance on the Fidcast Extra with Panda the episode 100 which was over a half year ago now yeah I'm good just a bit of Covid boredom um, is that why you've come that? on yeah well that is
1: another reason as well that's why i come on the Panda <laughs> one as well it's just boredom yeah I'm, I'm pretty good but ports wow you know not too bad but I can't wait to get in the pubs <laughs>
0: I think a lot of people are similar. Why don't you remind people about your football index journey? You've been on quite a while now.
1: Yeah, so I started off in, I think, uh, February or January 2016. And, um, yeah, very slowly um, worked my way through the index, really. Like, uh, first year, probably deposited no more than a £1,000. Uh, got a bit more confident, a bit more confident after that more confident with what I was doing, more confident with the uh, index as a company, uh, put a bit more in after that. And yeah, this is where i sit today.
0: This is where you sit today. Well, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of different things because we've had questions from Slack, questions from Twitter, questions from the the new Discord channel that I've come to, uh, to create, which is a perfect time for me to plug uh, a new Patreon that I've set up, which is really, really exciting. If you don't know what it is, it's basically a site where content creators can create premium bonus behind the scenes content for their audience uh so in my case i'll be trying to help traders you know profit more on the index uh and helping them on their journey by adding as much insight as i can so there's three pound five pound eight pound and 12 pound tiers monthly all with different amazing perks and yeah do check it out for in my opinion very biased one the best football index content around so if you head over to patreon.com f uh forward slash f i guide so that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash f i guide for more information and join a growing community at the fig patreon which i'm super excited about and uh yeah also check out my website keep forgetting i've launched that uh footballindexguide.com and uh yeah i guess we'll go into a nice comment here of our football index almost 10k followers with a cashball avatar i think he liked that description of you lee
1: Yeah, that's in old £20 notes as well. I should update it for the new £20 note.
0: (laughs) I feel like once you hit 10k, you need to have some sort of major, major... Yeah, you said this to me. I need to have a
1: revamp, but I'm like old, old school, you know, just stick to what you know. Uh,
0: (laughs) Still got a share of the day background as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't want to go above myself, you know, (laughs) just a normal lad.
0: Not these digital graphics like you've got now,
1: websites <laughs> and all that.
0: I'm a noble lad as well. It's just, you know... <laughs> just did a design degree at uni so um, <laughs> got some miscellaneous questions here fik brown who's uh been a prominent member of the discord community so far and a great guest in a episode on the pod two weeks ago do check that out with jordan kenny it was really really good he says a great guest a simple question which is perhaps <laughs> not much a simple answer why pietro pellegrini i think you've been kind of trollingly posting about him for the last three or so months Lee.
1: Yeah, so um, it's a love affair that's not going to be broken for a while. I mean, in a serious note, though, uh, yeah, I think when I look at more my portfolio, I look at it sort of as like one big fund. And with a fund, you sort of have like uh, high risk assets and you know safe assets that chug along. And Pellegris. One that I'm hoping is an explosive asset. I don't think he's that high risk at the price, but he's one that I think could have a really high ceiling. Where there's others that i have probably got around the same price who are much safer and churn over a few dividends at the moment and whatever, but probably haven't got a high ceiling. So it's just about having a few different types of players. So with Pellegrini, yeah, he hasn't played for a couple of years, but I think best case things turned out well, he could be zooming up the index pretty quick but of course there's there's a risk involved but hopefully if it don't work out then i've got those safer ones to cover that and if it does work out then i'm quitting Um, (laughs) yeah it's a three-year bet so he's got he's got himself three years to get fit i think
0: (laughs) well i mean he's not played for about two years so
1: (laughs) Well, exactly i mean the odds that he'll play in 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 five years, right? <laughs> and if, as long as he plays and doesn't oh, on, get injured, on, to in a, be fair. yeah. As long as he plays and doesn't get injured, I don't think in a couple of games, let's see the fireworks.
0: Hopefully, going upward <laughs> and not going downward. Well, um, so. best of luck on that one with you. I hope he doesn't get injured for your sake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be devastating. Got a question here from uh, Pony. Two questions for the man with the best taste in music on Football Index. Firstly, where is the N'Bai Niang... Five XL shirt I made, and then GMK will lose his mind reading this on his third account, sixty-third uh, account. Please, may we have a funny home base story?
1: Okay, so how long would you like this answer to be?
0: <laughs> oh mate you, you go as long as. Okay, yeah.
1: Like. Uh, so you know all about this Niang T-shirt. So I do.
0: a bit, a bit too well.
1: Yeah. So I was once stated to some people on Twitter that I'd coordinate my friends now that I'd take Niang to China. <laughs> if, I, if I wouldn't sell him, I'd take him to China with me and off-the-cuff comments. And I keep getting reminded of that. So we decided to go out for a night out in London. Uh, well, day day and night out in London. And uh, quite a few of us come along. There's about, I don't know, about 12 of us, right? Showpony Matt had decided that he was going to print me a T-shirt with Niang on the front and some China meme. Uh, but the weird <laughs> think thing is. I he was is, on the Great
0: Wall of China, right? Yeah,
1: something like that. <laughs> I don't know why it was five times. And I knew to lose a few pound, pounds when it was like five, five X out. <laughs>
0: wasn't it?
1: But the worst thing is, he'd wrapped it up in tinfoil. <laughs> Instead of wrapping paper or we just giving me in a bag, he wrapped it up. I thought he was giving me like a corned beef sandwich or something. Can he give it me? And it's wrapped up in tinfoil and then we went out as the drinks flowed the t-shirt obviously come out we started touting the t-shirt around the pubs so having pictures taken with people and then i don't know what happened to it i woke up in the morning checked my phone and there's loads of pictures with girls holding this t-shirt and soccer showing his abs off i mean <laughs> that's basically
0: it really what about the uh your home base stories Okay, so I
1: was thinking about this yesterday. So again, unwittingly to myself, I sort of let people know that when I was at university and uh, doing my A-levels actually, so I was 16 even, I used to work at Homebase just for a few extra pennies. We used to wear a, a green uniform then. And I actually asked, asked my mate yesterday, I said, oh, I'm on this pod and I, I've, I'm still friends with people who I work, who worked with there back in the day a long time ago, and the first answer, I said, oh, you got any football-related or betting stories? Because I thought, oh, it's got to be football-related. And the first answer was, I can't can't believe I wore those green trousers on the bus." I mean, I don't know. (laughs) That was someone was like, oh, I can't believe I wore that green uniform in public. But anyway, so the story, the football, this is the the most football-related story I could think of. So we were going to, we'd done our work at home base we were going out after, and it was uh, France 98. We popped into McDonald's to eat for a quick uh, burger before you sort of set the night on and uh, fill yourself up.
0: Line your stomach.
1: Yeah, line your stomach. So we went into McDonald's and there was a life-size cardboard cutout of uh, Alan Shearer. (laughs) And we thought, oh, should we have that? So... (laughs) Next thing you know, we run out of McDonald's with this life-size Alan Shearer, who's actually taller than me, between our arms. Nick, run up the road, stick it in the car, one car that we were in, uh, that my mate was driving, and zoom up to town. So we had a, had a few drinks in Birmingham City Centre. And then 11 o'clock, we get Alan Shearer out the boot. So we start taking him round all the sort of pubs and outside the clubs. You know, we've got him on top of bus uh, bus stops and everyone's shouting Shura, Shura, Shura. <laughs> it was, like, amazing. Like, so, <laughs> this is like at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and everyone's Shura, Shura, Shura. And, like, it was going so well. Like, we took him, I think we took him into the casino. It was absolutely brilliant. We actually become known in town after for it for, like, the guys who took Shura around. And, uh, <laughs> But then we, we sort of went down to, we went out outside a place called John Bright Street where there was like loads of dodgy sort of towny sort of clubs down there. And uh, we took Shura down there and everyone's get uh, sort of enjoying it. And then we're in the car and we sort of hanging him out the window and everyone's shura shura, And then this guy comes along and he runs up to the car and tries to nick him off us. <laughs> so, you know, showing off to his mates. So we grabbed his arm And my mate has floored the the car. So so, now, if anyone knows Birmingham, we're suddenly on the Bristol Road, which is like a three-lane dual carriageway, doing about 50 mile an hour, holding onto this guy's (laughs) arm, right? And he's just I'm like Jesus, Jesus, like shouting at our driver to like slow down, slow down. And he's just like speeding up, laughing. Oh, and this guy's man. feet is like Roadrunner, like thinking of like Alfonso <laughs> Davies yesterday. His feet must have been like burning and he just had to lift his feet up. And remember, mate, oh. stopping the car and. The guy let go of his arm and he, he was such the hard man before and actually he would come off and he was crying, right? And he's going, you guys are nutters, and just ran off.
0: Oh, that and was, is,
1: And then I ended up taking him home. So then I took him home and he was in our garage. And um, my mum was on at me for a couple of days. Can you get this out? She's like a real worry my mum is. Mm. So she's like, can you get rid of this Alan Shearer? Can you get rid of him? I'm like, oh, mum, you know, the lads want me to keep him, you know, probably take him out and whatever. And then it was on the national news. So I posted a clip no yesterday. No way. You're telling yeah, me you're Alan Shearer. But someone else had nicked one from somewhere else. Oh, right. And it was in like one of the papers. And I posted this paper yesterday <laughs> that someone had got nicked for like <laughs> nicking Alan Shearer. <laughs> so my mom is such a worrier she was going mad at me like oh uh, i had to get rid of him because my mom was worrying that much
0: <laughs> oh, mate. oh i was gonna say i was gonna say i've got a story not 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 too similar but <laughs> there was uh when i was at uni on the top of my road in third year where our house was there was a house that was like right on the corner and it was quite a big house there must have been about seven lads that lived there and if you were going front on towards this corner to go down the road that we lived to if you look straight on there was there was a massive life-sized Wes Brown <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember going back for was a night out. Was he holding
1: a Big Mac as well?
0: <laughs> no he wasn't he wasn't but I remember going back for a night out and some of the lads were just standing outside the window and they were just like They'd lived there, obviously, but they were like, where's, where's Goddard? <laughs> <laughs> he just disappeared completely. So I walked down, I'm going up back from a night out, went home, and I'm walking down the street and I just see these blokes like she's staring in their own house, like where the fuck are and life size West Brown gone. So I don't know if they got they got robbed or one of their mates playing a prank on them, but just reminded me a fucking strange player to have in your window as well, Wes Brown. But um Yeah, don't choose Wes Brown. i not Choose, but, choose Alan Shearer if you want to fucking get into the national news. <laughs> we got uh, I mean slightly back to Pellegri. <laughs> F-I-P-M-K. I can understand the why of pelegry but why one at a time
1: there's no reason it's purely it's for trolling, it's yeah. for, it's purely for twitter enjoyment i hope everyone enjoys those posts so yeah just i'm actually when i when i do that i'm actually laughing to myself when i do
0: it <laughs> <laughs> all right um daily who you've known for a while i think was one of the fucking og boys on uh, on football index twitter in 2025 will AC be in Hawaii Adam Cole or traders be on the moon both yeah can we have both we can have both both, yeah so if they do well
1: current traders will do well I think generally I still think we're in that you know we're getting there but we've still got a little bit of growth left so uh yeah if FI do well I think current traders will do very well as well so yeah let's say both
0: Mm. fi north i think this is a contentious one if kimic were to double in price in the next two months shocked or would it be justified okay so i think
1: we need to explain the timing of this actual <laughs> part. so this is the day after kimish has just been into second
0: yeah this is wednesday 27th of may yeah yeah i'd be shocked
1: but you never, you never know what's around the corner on the index.
0: So I think I'd be quite shocked if, if, I mean, if I would be shocked if double in in the next. Yeah, two I'd months. be shocked shocked
1: with any player, but you never know. Do I think some players will double? I think that's possible. Do I think Kimish will double? Very doubtful, but
0: very improbable, but could happen. Who knows? Yeah, could happen. What do you make of the old uh, <laughs> the kind of Kimik loving slash hating?
1: I stayed out of it last night, but I just put a post on this morning about does seconds actually mean you're unlucky or does it mean that you haven't got quite enough to win? It was just a question I was putting out there. It wasn't a, an answer, you know, does seconds show potential or does it show oh, they've not got quite enough?
0: You're, you're a professional statistician, though. SOTD. Is it that we don't have enough data? Is the sample size too small to say if he's lucky or unlucky or just not good enough?
1: We've only had the new matrix, and I think you can only base it on that this season. <laughs> mm. And he's probably only played what twenty games. My personal opinion on this is that. So yeah, I don't. I don't know, and I think I put a tweet out saying, "Oh, it'd be nice to see how highly correlated firsts." against high places would be so Mm. you know the more high places do you get are you more likely to be first and how high is that correlation Mm. against someone having medium sort of you know finishing 25th 50th 100th and then hitting first yeah interesting to see i don't know the answer to that and I'm too lazy to do that work, but I included some guys uh, who I know enjoy doing this type of analysis who, who might look into it, and uh, I'd be interested if they do decide to do it. I'd be interested in, in the results. I, th- I think with Kimmich, it's a difficult one. I actually think, yeah, he's he's winning dividends. He's scoring high, looking likely to win dividends. It doesn't maybe doesn't look that bad, but then I compare him to other midfielders, and I think that is... who who could probably win the same amount and I think that's probably where the problem lies. Maybe we need a lift in a few more midfielders to make his uh, price look more sensible. It's probably where I judge him but that's just my opinion.
0: Nice well uh, we've got a question here from Index C which is slightly different. Is SOTD a play on SOTV as a Birmingham-based trader? If he denies this he is lying. What What is he on about, early?
1: Okay, so a lot of people, Birmingham fans, will SOTV stands for Shit on the Villa. So it wasn't to do with Shit on the Villa. It was actually Share of the Day, and it was a play on Match of the Day. That Mm. was the idea behind it.
0: But I'm
1: more than happy for it to be considered a play on Shit on the Villa as well.
0: So, yeah. (laughs) More than happy, right?
1: Yeah, I'm more Uh, than happy with that.
0: Got a question that could be contentious here from Derek Kaiser. Can you explain why this week we have seen the return of a few well-known pumpers?
1: Uh, I suppose there's a lot of money about and they want to catch some of it. That's probably the answer. When there was a bit less money about, then they might struggle to pump players. But when there's a bit about, everyone wants to piece of the action that's why we've seen a lot of arguing on Twitter at the moment I assume because everyone wants money in their players because it it feels like there's quite a lot of money about players are rising for doing very little so I think when players are rising for doing very little that's the time when the pumpers might come out Um, so yeah they're seeing an opportunity I'm assuming
0: Mm, mm, they are I think loads of people are seeing opportunities but in terms of I mean it's going to be harder, I guess, to pump players considering the the way that the pricing mechanics work now because you need people to buy off the market and that's only going to happen if there's real, real demand for those players.
1: Yeah, I think I actually think the match engine and how that develops will stop pumping a little bit, negate pumping a little bit. I still think there'll be high sentiment trading, Mm. definitely the same as ever. I think some people have alluded that that wouldn't happen but I think it would. It's still like a trading platform, so there'll still be high sentiment trading. I uh, don't see that as any different. You'll see the buy price when and the, and the IS price all over the place. So I feel, still think there'll be high sentiment trading, um, but maybe be less affected by people trying to pump on social media. Mm. I don't mind pumping to an extent in the way it shows it shows interest in the platform you know yeah we do enjoy it on Twitter However, whether we agree with what a so-called pump post is it causes debate and it, there's some actual I mean some of the best bit of FI Twitter is the banter and some of the banter around some of the posts is like amazing worth paying for much much more value than a, a patron to a <laughs> podcast <So. laughs> So, yeah. Don't Um, even know if I can argue with that. I mean, some of it, when it's repetitive, I think it gets a bit boring, takes up the the Twitter feed a bit, the Football Index Twitter feed, which can be a bit annoying for anyone trying to (laughs) sort of get some value from the Twitter feed. But I think that's the only problem with it, Mm.
0: mainly. Other than the model issues. All I took away from that is that you're signing up for the Patreon. So uh, glad to have you uh, aboard, I suppose. No um, comment. <laughs> just before you move on to some proper questions, got to plug Index Gain. If you guys are looking for some PB stats, um, uh, one of the top third-party data providers out there for football index then you can use the code fig2020 over on indexgain.co.uk it's five quid off your first month and then if you go for the six month option it's one month free then another five quid off which is a pretty good deal and everyone keeps dming me like fig what's your code for index gain it's fig2020 let's let's remember everyone all right fig2020 i'm not getting annoyed that people are asking it's just it's it's seven characters so if you head over to indexgame.co.uk and then you use flickparty 2020 as your code you get uh, yeah all those all those goodies off which is a, a decent deal.
1: It's like watching ITV
0: now your podcasts isn't it <laughs> <laughs> too many ad <head> breaks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll take that. <laughs> As in, uh, last last plug, FIG 2020 for five, Good that's <laughs> your first month or yeah, your six-month membership with a free month Everyone uh, <laughs>. uk. Got a question here. This is all going to be about the matching engine now, SOTD, so I hope you've got some notes ready. From the FIG Discord, FI Headhunter. Great guess, FIG. What changes, if any, have you made to your normal trading strategy since the matching engine launched?
1: Okay, so I had this strategy that I'll build up a bit of a cash balance and then I'm going to put loads of bids in. And I was quite confident that the bid liquidate, liquidate uh, yeah, people wanting to buy players, <laughs> quite close to the buy price anyway. So I didn't think I'd get them that much of a discount, but I did think I'd get quite a few.
0: However, <laughs> so I got quite a big cash balance, about about forty to 50,000 together. I remember us debating this actually, because you, you went for the big cash balance. I didn't. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I had certain players, right? I'm going to buy these. As soon as this match engine comes in, I'm going to stick bids in and I'm going to get the top ups that I want. Then I'm going to go and look for a few bargains who I might buy and, you know, might not rate that much, but I think I can sell on. So my aim, my, my list to top up on was Trent and and uh, Killian. So put the bids in nothing the prices just go up so <laughs> that strategy there is just like uh
0: evaporated
1: <laughs> evaporated a bit yeah and then i seen avarts going up and i thought oh god I've got, i got i was waiting to get some other i had some bids in for him as well I Thought i've got to cancel these i've already seen trent and killian move up about 20p yesterday i've got to buy some odd guard so i just canceled a load of bids and i bought about two thousand Odegaard. And then I thought, oh, I like the look of Zaniola, given you know where we are with other players. So then I buy some of him as well. And so I've already spent like 20,000 or something by the time I've topped up Trent now at buy, at buy price. And I bought some of uh, as well at buy price. So <laughs> my aim was to use a match engine to top up all these players. I've just bought them in the
0: end. Are you meaning to tell me you've made more from actually buying players off the market than bidding? <laughs> in our first question on the matching engines.
1: Well, I'll go through. So my matching engine, so obviously I've spent probably about, I don't know, 20,000 or so on Trent, Odegaard, Zaniola, and Kylian. About 15 to 20 grand there. But then i bought some via the match engine that I wanted to top up. So I wanted to chop up some Cherokee, and I got him at £3.50 and £3.62. Not bad. I got some Kelian at eight seventy, which weren't too bad as well. And then I put some low offers in the two others that, I quite like so Luke Shaw might not everyone be everyone's cup of tea but I watched the last few Man United games I was quite impressed by him and I thought I think he's got a good chance of England's left back for next year and I thought he was playing well well for Man United so I thought I'll I'd actually bought some over Covid period at a pound or 99p even and I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll put a bid in for him. So I put a 70p bid in for him, 300, and he got matched. So Turkey, I'd only got a couple of hundred at those prices and uh, about 100 Mbappah as well. Uh, 70p, I got 300 Luke Shaw. And then Chiesi, I got a couple of hundred at about 175. That was quite good. Mm. And then my only other one, I bought some uh, Ilka Munyan. Is that how you spell his Say his name, I don't know. Who's that? Munye. Oh, oh, oh uh,
0: Munayin. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. from Bilbao. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: For 32p, just because wow. I, I like quite having a few cheap players, and I'd sort of watched him this season and I thought his scores were looking okay, and he looked okay. So, just as a cheapish, I, I bought a couple of hundred of him, I think, for 32p. But it's, the problem is, it, it feel it's just it's hard to build a big position. So, sometimes I want to build a big position quickly. And what I'm finding with the match engine is that I'm probably not. But I think I'm probably being a bit cheap and trying for too low prices. He's <laughs> probably my that's how Trent Trent got away from me. I think I put in some offers around seven twenty-five straight away, and like obviously no one took them. And I think probably a few others had the same idea as me,
0: mm.
1: and then they just ended up cancelling and buying. Next thing you know, he's eight pound thirty. So I think a few people have done that. So, yeah, I think in terms of strategy, I don't think a lot's going to change. I'm going to play around with a match engine. I think it'll probably be 10% of my my buying, if that, at the moment anyway. That's how I see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I've I've done a few bids and then found it really great in terms of liquidity. My strategy hasn't changed that much, to be honest. Uh, I did just release a video on my YouTube channel that you guys should check out. Uh, it's, I'm doing like a 2k to 10k challenge by bidding only. So like another Bank Builder series and SATD before we got off, when we got on the on the air, I think my first buy there was Marcus Turam at 189 via the bidding, which was good. good huh? And then the other one that really surprised me, actually, that I said to you was I got about 100 Martin Odegaard while he was flying up at 395 so I bid for him at 395 and I got them someone all max sold someone, it. yeah someone instant yeah. sold him just before he he rocketed to 450 I couldn't believe it but I ended up selling for about 435 440 to the market which meant it was it was really good so that really surprised me being able to actually buy players as they're rising because I didn't think that was ever going to happen but if you can be the one or two percent that get lucky then that could be a really good way of getting a little discount as players are flying
1: yeah. I mean, it's quicker. I can see why people might do that. If the spread's like, I, I don't think it would have been more than 3p, then people might just decide to not list the market if they want to sell and, and might just hit that
0: button. That market sell is gonna, market buy is going to be a lot more powerful when those commissions come in, don't they, the 2% buy?
1: Yeah. I think the um, 2% will will actually make quite a bit of difference. I'm not sure. It's going to obviously lower the bids, which probably mean people will revert even more back to market buying even, because it's going to just squeeze traders' margins a bit more. So that would be interesting, to see how we worked out. I'm not not sure about the 2%. I'd have liked it to be zero, obviously, like everyone else, but it is what it is. Can we compromise at 1%?
0: <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was wonder if they, they're kind of shocked and surprised by how much market buying has happened with the 0% that they might actually think about adjusting it. But I don't know. We'll see. I think, for me, when I saw it at first, I was like, that's a bit weird. But then when I really thought about it, I was like, well, they still want to have that liquidity in the market buy and sell side. Because, you know, you and I, traders or veterans on this platform, it's going to come very easy to us, most changes. But someone who's just joined or is joining might not understand and might not even want to bid on players.
1: So my mate, I mean... He's not, he hasn't got the best knowledge of football, but he's on FI. He's got a few quid in, not, not much, you know, like a grand to play around. Well, sorry, I made that sound. A grand's a lot of money. So he's got that to play around with. He doesn't follow, and he's not like, or so he follow everything that's happening. He was trying to get me to explain it to him, and this is quite difficult. So you're going to pay 2% on this, 2% on that, nothing on that. You can buy through this way. You can win dividends through this way, this way, and this way. Players rise because of this. They're going down because of this is happening. They're going up because of this is happening. They're not going down because of this is happening. It's quite confusing to someone new who'd come on, quite complex, would like it to be more sort of streamlined. But, I mean, in a way, though, I think sometimes we find it Confusing as well, if that makes sense. Because we we see a change and think, well, it's not IS anymore. But if someone didn't know what IS was from our FI before, then it wouldn't confuse them. They'd just take it as a given. So maybe we do think it's more confusing than it actually is because we see the changes. Where well, if they don't see the changes, then maybe yeah, it's not that confusing. But there is a lot of um, Facets to it, and can be a bit of pretty overwhelming. Or I fought for someone who uh, comes on, and he, and then he replies, "Well, I, I'm just buying a Facebook. I don't buy a Facebook, mate. <laughs> Serious? <laughs> I'll sell my players
0: to Facebook, not buy them." <laughs> uh, no comment. Uh, I got a question here from uh, Fi Dave again from the Fig Discord channel. With the introduction of the matching engine, is using a player's current price still an accurate way of calculating a portfolio's value? Was it ever, or should we now be using instant sale prices instead? Thank you.
1: I've seen quite a lot of debating about this, and people think it's a really big deal, but I think it's been made out made out into something that it's not. Let's say before COVID, right, we're all, you'd think, fairly clued up. And we know if we want to sell for that portfolio value, it's going to take a bit of time. And it might not be possible to get that value, but it might be possible to get more as well. So everyone knows this already, right?
0: Surely, everyone knows this.
1: Yeah, So because have a
0: minimum, it's 2%. Below yeah, exactly. your portfolio value exactly is. so
1: if everyone knows that anyway then bringing someone else in is it does it make that much difference so as I see it's just a tool to see how you're doing so if you're up 10% then you're, you're up 10% that that's whatever it doesn't matter what it means if you're up 10 percent you're up 10 percent so that, that's a good tool for me I just don't think it is that important. For me, I sell most of mine to market or try to, so that'd be a fair reflection for me, a better guide for me. If that's what my portfolio said. My portfolio value is not for me to post on Twitter and to show off about it. My portfolio value is for me to use as a, tra- as a user and a trader to gauge where I'm at. Some people seem to think like it's something to do with people showing off or something. It's nothing to do with that. It's to use as a gauge. So, you know, even if they changed it to, so some people want sell values, don't they? It doesn't bother me. If they put an option in, see it as a buy value or sell value that people might want and you can click on it. think that's fine. Again, I would just use it as a guide. But I mean, the argument against the people who want it valued on sell value is just because someone offers you a price doesn't mean that's the value. So yeah. if I offered you a price of, as I was saying earlier, if I offered a price of, 50p or whatever for uh, Trent doesn't mean he's worth 50p. Mm. You know, if that, if i might, even if mine's the only bid, it doesn't mean he's worth 50p because no one's going to sell him to me. So it's quite whatever the mechanic has always been quite tough to decide how portfolio values are, and it's just that people just need to see it as a tool and it being not that big a deal. That, that that's that's how I personally see it but it seems like a lot of people want um, the sale value to be the sale value but they're not on FI I don't think I don't quite get that does it matter you know they want other people it's like people want other people's portfolios to be based on the sale value <laughs> why it just does it doesn't make sense
0: <laughs> a good is worth. You know, in the real life, in real life, right, my my dad said he, he saw a mango in the shops for like five quid. I can fucking believe his, you know, what he was saying. But if someone pays five quid for that fucking mango, it's you know, I guess it's worth five quid. But if you have two ways of selling, right, via instant sell and market sell, then why why does it matter if it's either one or the other? Because your Mbappe could be worth 920. As he is currently, or he could be worth nine quid at the instant sell, Um He's not 920 now, is he? Is he? What is he? What I don't there? know. No, I'm asking you. I'm not looking at my phone. He's 918. Oh, God. I want some more. He's That's another yeah, bid I'm, I'm going to have to cancel. But do you know what I mean? Look, if I look now on the screen, I could sell him for 918 if he goes to the market. I could sell him for 905, right? Yeah. So which one, which one should we use? Because if, if I listed 50 and I sold 50 and both go through in the next hour, what's the better indicator? I don't really understand it. I'm sure if I afford a ban, there's loads of arguments. So
1: you can use the midpoint of this. I mean, maybe on an open book, they might use the midpoint. Depending on how they're going to do the open book, I'm making assumptions there. They might use, say, the midpoint.
0: But I don't think it's a big deal, whatever it is. Because because, but because the bid is not exact, it doesn't necessarily ascertain as to what someone is willing to pay for the, well it does and it doesn't because if someone is also buying via the market for that player, which there are many, 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 many players that are being sold to market, then it doesn't really matter which one you use. And and I think uh, Football Index Twitter is, or, you know, the community are very fixated on, you know, being an all in mentality. I think a lot, I get a lot of DMs on like, should I sell this player? I'm unsure about him. And I'm like, well, if you're unsure about him, but you're not certain about keeping him or selling him, then why don't you sell half? And it's kind of the same thing here. People are so fixated about kind of, oh, well, if I wanted to get my whole portfolio out tomorrow, then this is the price that I look at, but, as you've just said before, with the Pellegri, you know, a crude example three year three year bet and if I said to you, like how long would you would it take you to sell your whole portfolio you might say, "Oh figure it might be a month," and I might say, "Oh well, it might take me two and a half weeks. It just depends who who you're speaking to. Do you know what i mean
1: yeah mean it's difficult and it's difficult for anyone to say what it should be. And it doesn't really bother me. It just like I said, it's a guide. If I'm ten percent up in summer, I'm ten percent up in something. So even if it's at IS price, month to month I can see I'm ten percent up in IS, I'm ten percent up. If I'm at that last on buy price, if I'm ten percent up, I'm ten percent up. That's the only way I really use it. I don't really think, you know, I'm not I'm not putting into my accountant that I've got X amount as an asset stashed away somewhere. It's not really how I use that that tool. It's just a guide to how I'm doing and people use that on a day-to-day basis. It's a bit annoying actually not being able to see the bid orders. Do you think that's the next step? The bid orders, I think just need to be, I just have a total on the bid page because I use a certain amount of cash basically these days. So I add to see how I'm doing, I add my portfolio value, my cash, and then I would also add my bids as well, which is like cash in essence, to see how I'm doing really. But it's hard at the moment. I think they need to, I think they need to do that because I'd like. I think most people would like to see that. I don't think you can really put it within the portfolio value. That actually makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, it just needs to be a a separate total somewhere on the app, either on the front. It'd be nice to have it on the front screen with the cash balance and the portfolio value. I think. Um, your total bids just to see. I think that would be um, beneficial for everyone.
0: Yeah, I I think it would. And um, I mean, before we go on to the next question, cheers, Dave. You've you've put that question forward very well, considering the the one that Ryan Pierce I think put on Twitter was terribly worded. I couldn't even bother to put it in in the document. We got a question here from Fi Gardner. The maestro is on again with the introduction on the matching engine. Do you think there is more value in the lower end of the market now?
1: Potentially, yeah. So I think the problem is with It's only as I see it as a problem, but the problem with people's thinking, if I'm critiquing it, is that everyone pigeonholes. Hold. So the top end are going to rise, the bottom end are going to fall, the middle's going to rise, the top's going to fall, the bottom's going to rise. But it doesn't really doesn't really mean anything. I mean, each individual player is an individual pl- price and should be. Seen as such, I think. So, down the lower, down the lower end, there's some good value, and there's some absolutely terrible value as well, and there's some brilliant value. But I think it could be a good place to make some good money down there, because people, especially now, people seem a bit wary of the bottom end. And that's the best time to get catch them off guard. Like I said earlier, I bought some 32p with um, that guy from uh, Atletico Bilbao i pay 32p for him and the bet lasts for three years. So, like, I'm going to get enjoyment out of that as I see it. FI is a massive enjoyment thing for me. So, I'm going to get some enjoyment out of that. I'll watch their games now with a bit more of interest. It's one type of dividend and we're talking a brilliant percent back. It could easily cover his dividend yield in three, three years, easily. It could go up in price. And also, on the other opposite end, I might not sell him at all, and I'll lose thirty two p I mean, I know I've got more than one, but that's down to me, isn't it? That's my decision. I think that's amazing value, isn't it? I think so yeah <laughs> no, I think um not, not necessarily him, but I think there are players like i think there's players like that down there that are gonna be good value, and I think it it's actually if you do believe in it, what I've just said then it's a good time to, to catch a few people off guard with some low ball bids down there. It seems people are a little bit uh, scared and that's uh, the best time to uh, pick the pocket.
0: Mm. I think you're going to have naturally like larger spreads down there because of the Yeah, you know, there's much more risk. So, yeah. so you might be able to get some far lower prices, won't you?
1: Yeah, that's what I think, yeah. And there's still players down there at buy price that are well worth it. But like I said, there's some down there well worth it, and they are going to double, treble in price. And there's others that you may never get a bid on. That's the game. That's what we're that's that's what we're betting on. You you can't have people bailing you out. Do you, you you expect someone expect you to buy a, like a fifty p player, hold it for three years, nothing happen, then be able to sell it back for forty eight p? That's what's been happening before, but that's quite over generous. And I think now that's going to force people to trade better and buy better players. I think I'll put more cash into the better players, but I do think there's excellent value down there. But I will say that still, I think I've seen on the, someone asked about the low end, and someone had said, "Do we need? I don't know if you've got this as a question, but does FI need to do something for the low end now?" But I'd say that prices still. I still, I've, I, I go on and go on about ratios of dividends to price, and I still think that's some way to go. I still think we could see the top end continue. And I own just so I'm not advocating the top end all. I own some absolute like very low players as well, but I do think the. But I, I believe in those ones, so it's quite different to buying the the bottom hundred players and and buying a few of them that you believe in. And I think that the ratio of dividends that they can produce at the top end is off still compared to down the bottom. So, like you've got a ten pound player, for example, doing ten times the dividends of a two pound player when there's only five times difference in price. You've probably got more severe pricing comparisons than that i'd say even so i do think the top end has still got some excellent value in as well and i i think that could stretch still i do think that could still stretch in certain cases there's bad boys uh, there's bad just for uh, uh you know we do we don't categorize the top end as the top end there's some also poor boys poor boys at the top end as well just like there is at the bottom sorry
0: No, no, don't worry. No, this is all great stuff. We do have a lot of questions though. So that's why I'm trying to nudge. So on trawlers for ballers, do you think FI need to do something in particular to target lower end liquidity? Or do you think a PB dividend increase makes the reward on a win at that level a huge percentage return? So you won't need to worry. I think that's kind of what you've insinuated, right?
1: Yeah, I've just just answered that one. I don't
0: think they need to do anything. Football Index Phoenix, do you think FI should offer a nominal instant pre- sell price in the scenario where there are no bids? If so, what would you suggest the cash out be? If no instant sale is offered, do you think this would be a deterrent to new users? I think this is a quite a difficult
1: question to answer. So I understand and sympathise with people who thought they've got players who've got no IS price at the moment and they've had basically IS shut down on them and they felt they could have could IS. However, Friday there was quite a lot of bids. I don't think there was hardly anyone without we a sell price. So everyone was given a lot of opportunity, I thought, on Friday, at whatever price, to get out of players if they wanted to. So I think if I if I, I don't know if, if I were part of that or that was just traders. But there were, you know, sale prices offered nearly on every player, I think. And people if they wanted to take that price could have done. So I do have some sympathy with people who they had an is spread of like 2p and now that's been removed and it's not there anymore. So there is some sympathy there. But the spreads we knew were opening up all the time. We knew if some bad happened these days that that spread by if I were on top of the spreads, it weren't like the old days when you had time to get out. if I would pull it as soon as that plow had gone down 5 to 10p, FI were pulling the spread out and even turning it off. So, it's not, you know, it's been a gradual thing. I think the only reason to offer an IS price would be to, like I said, please those people have already been in the product. But, I've, like I've said as well, I think they were given, you know, Friday to get out if they wanted to. And, and they can still get out now on a lot of players. The only other, other reason is that the look it might have on the platform. So. You know, everyone having an IS price might look better than people not. So that's another reason they might consider doing it, putting some liquidity there. Other than that, other than the look of the platform, then, yeah, I don't think really they need to offer one. But I think it would be a a nice thing for to do and could enhance the sell of the platform, basically. But I don't think it will have that much effect on most player prices.
0: Yeah, well, I think we saw not a lot of marketing being done for obvious reasons you to this kind of COVID situation, scenario from FI. And I presume part of that was because the spreads were so big. Imagine onboarding customers. And obviously some were onboarded with the big spreads just through word of mouth and people on Twitter, etc. People making content. But I think actively going out and, and going for a massive push, you wouldn't want to do that when there's no sell prices, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's difficult. But I do think if there was a sale price there, it might be something they do to just look better, basically, to certain people who might be considering putting money in. Probably the more casual trader it would look better too, but I don't think it would look that different to anyone who's taking it as a serious betting platform.
0: Mm. I mean, uh, Football Index Phoenix coming full circle as well, being a guest and then asking a question. I do like how that keeps happening. Another one, Kilp Jam. FI, how long will it take people to fully adjust to the matching engine? Does it benefit traders with large cash reserves more as they can afford to have more bids open to catch the bargains? Well, I mean, after your introduction to matching engines, apparently not, Lee.
1: So my experience so
0: far is
1: no. (laughs) So yeah, that was what I thought. So I thought a large cash reserve would be a good thing because players are still quickly rising that I want to buy. It's not been a, a good thing for me. It, I think it is a good thing. You can put lots of buys in there if that's how you want to operate. I think it can be maybe slow to build positions. If, and if you've got large cash, you probably want to build positions quickly. So, yeah, I can see you can spray buys about. So I think I look before I come on. I've got about 60 buys, 60 buy offers that I've got scattergunned about. But again, they could quickly rise. So I've got one on a couple of players that have, again, rose today where I wish I'd have just bought at the buy price now. So I do think it benefit. It does benefit you, but I don't think it's that much of a big deal. And I think what we have to remember is that for people without cash, it gives them a way of getting cash. I think that's been forgotten. If you haven't got cash, then this has helped you get cash quicker. So if you want to buy someone quick, you'll be able to sell quicker.
0: Mm. Hmm. I think that's what we uh, describe as liquidity, right? Yep. (laughs) F.I. Jack here with a question. I really like this one, actually. He's been asking some good questions, Jack. With the success of the matching engine so far, should a full order book system now be at the bottom of the to-do list or still quite high up? I don't know, really. What what do you think is their next biggest thing? So we were talking about
1: a bit of the disconnect, weren't we, between the buy and the the sale price at the moment and how that, how that goes when people are, are selling. But the full order book, I don't know. I think they're probably doing the same time they were going to. They've probably kicked it down the road a little bit with this coming in uh, and the success of it so far. I mean, it's probably separate, isn't it, to the other initiatives. I don't think it. they've probably got different teams that are working on different initiatives. So coming up with the you know, we've been told we're going to get a, a dividend increase, for example. I don't think that has to be affected by whether there's an order book or not. And also, there's going to be a new, possibly a new media concept before the start of the season. Again, that concept can be worked on as well whilst the order book's still being worked on. So I don't know. I'm not sure. It just depends how FI want to continue with it. I'm not sure. So I'm not I'm interested. So I'm not sure in the order book how they'll be able to mint new shares. Yeah. So like, will they delay it whilst they want to continue minting new shares? And then will they not mint new shares or will the order book somehow enable them to mint new shares? I think that's probably where they're, you know, dependent on where they bring it in, whether they want to mint new shares or not. If they decide that you can't do that under a new order book. But I don't don't know. It depends how they're going to do it.
0: I think that's the one thing that i it's very hard to speculate on because we I kind of guessed that they would do a buy side only in between the spreads order book at first or matching engine, whatever you want to call it. but some of the things that did happen, I did not anticipate. So I think speculating on you know what will be in three iterations time it's quite hard, isn't it? Because I presume the next step is is kind of seeing where we are in the queue. It's very hard
1: yeah i think it's difficult but i think this has been a really good first step and yeah there's probably some little little tweaks it needs and, and whatever especially like tweaks that don't actually affect anything just traders experience like like i said earlier being able to see the total price being able to adjust the bid while you're on the screen being able to click from the bid to the portfolio easily and things like that that people have spoke about and ironing all those things out in phase one will be a good thing for them to sort of confidently um, step to the next phase whenever that may be which I have absolutely no idea
0: right we've got a question here from footy index Dave matching engine has clearly been a massive success so far but do you see that changing once the buy commission is introduced I think we, we talked a little bit about this before Lee
1: yeah so I'll be quick on this one so yeah I think I do. I think it might force people to buy from market depending on how quickly players are rising. And it will obviously mean bids are going to be a bit lower. You would have thought. Uh, There's obviously got to be a 2% difference there. And there are some players at the moment with less than 2% difference. So it would obviously affect the bid. So it's going to have some effect here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it would definitely increase liquidity on the buy and sell market-wise. I think there'll be some people that just can't be bothered at some point with the matching engine. <laughs> I think that's definitely going to happen. And that won't be as a a consequence of the 2% thing, but I think people will just think that it might be too time-consuming. But that also means that the patient traders who use the order books, the matching engines, are able to profit a lot from the impatient ones. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of works itself out.
1: Yeah, it's quite nice how this introduction has benefited people in different ways because it's enabled probably some people to buy at the buy price who, um, without people who are using the match engine to get on before them like me, maybe. (laughs) And then, and then it's enabled the patient ones to just drop those bids in, turn the app off, see you in a week or so, and, and they'll just pay what they think the player's worth. So I think it's, uh, Benefited everyone.
0: Yeah, I think it's been an amazing. did you? I mean, I keep saying this. I think this is the best thing FI have ever done for me since the start. How would you rank it? I don't know. I prefer dividend increase.
1: <laughs> 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 um,
0: Bastard. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously PB was a big change to introduce that. I actually think IPD was quite a big change. People underrate what effect that had on the market. So I think, you know, we had the instant sell thing to introduce instant sell and not getting one pound offers on Neymar when there's about five traders when he's a fiver. You know, that was that was the major thing, wasn't it? That was the, it probably wouldn't have survived. I think if I have said that, if they didn't introduce instant sell. And now we've gone to the, then we've got PB, obviously,
0: was the next big step, then IPD, and now this one. And there's going to be more steps to come it's high time that i plug the athletic today's episode is brought to you by the athletic they're a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage featuring football reporters you know and love like david ornstein sam lee and rafa honigstein who is a a must follow of course with the bundesliga being the only that football we currently have on they're telling stories no one else is with no ads or clickbait and it's just amazing sports writing for 50 percent off your annual subscription to the best sports writing around go to the UK slash fig, so that's the forward slash F I G. And it's two pound forty nine a month if you go for their annual deal, leave and buying much for more than two pound forty nine recently.
1: I'm a subscriber. There you go.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. That's that's equal. That's the first time it's happened. Fair play. Jordan Kay, was uh, great on the pod with Carl Brown a couple of weeks back. If you had joined in 2019 rather than 2016, how different would your strategy have been and what sort of ROI would you have been happy with? I know you're a big fan of the ROI term, especially in FI world.
1: <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy how I've done. You know, if I had to go back, I'd say and... Uh, Gone harder into some players, put money in earlier, but wouldn't everyone else? The problem was we didn't really know what was coming (laughs) around the corner. We didn't even know if F5 would survive. We didn't even know who these people were. How confident with them
0: us? We didn't really know much about F5 itself, apart from Adam Cole. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that was quite a big thing. I know Big Don has said that a few times about like, uh, you know, actually meeting these people and things like that. just gives you a bit more confidence. Obviously, coming from the back of City AM, I remember when we used to get excited finding an advert on back of City AM. Not so I read City AM, but someone had posted on Twitter and everyone's like sharing it going, oh, look at this on the back of a newspaper. You know, we have got like loads of adverts now and people just didn't know how it it would go. So obviously in hindsight, I would say, yeah, I I should have put more money in. I should have done better. I didn't really know what was around the corner. That was the problem. A lot more confident there in terms of uh, FI survivability. (laughs) especially if they're through the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big thing, isn't it? Should we, should we touch on that a little bit? I mean, you know, this has been a, a really big test for FI. Like, what were your first thoughts when COVID came along and how did you feel about it at the time? Talk me through some of your thoughts and, and how you're feeling now.
1: Uh, so my thoughts will be people are going to sell on this. That's what I thought. People are going to hit and people are going to sell because others are selling. Mm. You know, I knew that was coming, We didn't know the severity of COVID. I mean, I work in the farmer industry, so I did know it was quite severe. (laughs) But mine was just to try and keep a steady head. I IS maybe 1% of my port in low spreads just to get some cash, possibly to buy other players that I thought were worth it. Or or maybe IS some of the weaker ones with low spreads just because I thought others might IS as well. But only about... One percent of my port, and then it was a case of let things settle down, and then I started buying. Once I thought, well, football's got to start again at some point, right? And then I thought, well, if I always does better when there's no football on, (laughs) people are going to be making out that some of these guys are going to be like unbelievable when they're not. But it's going to fall, you know, it's going to be like a, a summer with no tournament which are better than the ones with a tournament. You know, these prices could go up. So I sort of started buying the ones I was more confident in. Again, it dipped a little bit, but I didn't have much money to do that with, really. I was fairly calm, but obviously it's it's not nice looking at things going down and people ISing and ISing and ISing. But it wasn't actually, I didn't take too much of a hit, maybe a couple of percent on the on Black Thursday, is it called now? So what Panda calls it?
0: <laughs> that's what he calls Black it, for, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I probably took a couple of percent hit there and then that turned the spreads off. So, yeah, I just kept calm and then I, I thought about it more. And like I said, I thought, I think people might actually buy it, yeah? That's what I was thinking to myself. Because <laughs> there's nothing else to do and it might attract people who normally bet on football and might start, might start telling them. And that's what actually happened, I think more people started putting a bit more money in, going more confident with it, picking up players that people hadn't bought. And then they started telling their mates, going, oh, well, if you've got nothing to do, why don't you have a look at football index?
0: Yeah, And I think people, just just to interrupt you, sorry, I think a lot of people um, forget that people who are on FI still bet. Like, FI is not all they do from a trading standpoint, from a, uh, you know, for example, Panda, right? He's on Betfair Exchange, but what is he trading nowadays? Right. Like I mean, I even remember having a conversation with him saying that he was he had to wait a little bit in terms of seeing how these behind closed doors games go because the the odds are going to be affected, you know? Like we've seen already away teams winning more than usual, etc. So I think a lot of people who are already on the platform, not just new ones coming on, were just like, well, if I'm not betting a hundred quid every couple of weeks, I can just stick that in the index.
1: Yeah, I think after a couple of days, I thought Hang on a minute, I can see this thing flying. I actually believe that. And then when like, we were turning over double dividends, I mean, that was fantastic. That's that's one of the best, that's the best offer, you know, like temporary <laughs> offer in terms of for the trader, I feel they've ever done. And I'll put transfer divs as the the worst one, just so you. Actually, <laughs> no, not transfer divs, that like SMDP, whatever it was. Oh, super, super Imagine, they did Yeah, this. I didn't really like that. I prefer the transfer divs than that one. But yeah, that... That was the best offer they've ever done. Yeah, that was nice of them to do that. Um, obviously, there was business sense behind doing that as well. I'm sure it was nice for them seeing the money going because of it. Yeah, so I quickly went from, oh, I can see prices going down here to, okay, maybe it's not too bad. And then going, oh, see this flying here. And that's sort of, we've gone on from that, pushed on. It
0: feels like um, continuing to push on as well. Got a question here from F.I. Berbatov. What is the highest value a player can realistically be with the current dividend structure?
1: Okay. So I've I've sort of maintained this all the way through. I've been on the index three years. So what I think that someone would take would pay. I think it personally reasonable. I don't think this is overemphasis. I think it's conservative more than anything. I think someone would pay between twelve and a half to fifteen percent. For say a, a twenty-five to twenty-six-year-old, that that's what they pay on their return. As in, they they're yielding
0: at their current their year, price. They're, 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 yeah,
1: they're, yeah. So their their yield, so uh, annual yield, twelve and a half to fifteen percent. Think they'd pay for a twenty-five to twenty-six-year-old. I think it so could doing be about. Some couple, I could. I
0: think it could be less. I think. Yeah, it'd be mate, eight to
1: Yeah, 10%. I'm being. Cons- I think I'm being conservative. So even with those conservative numbers. So if we did some quick maths, let's say what's achievable per year. So I reckon 250 is achievable, but we'll go, we'll go down. I think there's probably five players could do possibly 225 divs at current structure in a year. So there's already a few over two pound now, and that's without bonus offers or whatever people are doing can do 225. So at 225 at twelve and a half percent, that's 18 pound. And 225 at 15% yield, that's £15. So I'm saying they'll pay 15 to £18 pound for a 25 to 26-year-old one day. I mean, people will say to me, okay, well, why aren't people paying it now? Well, they're not paying it now because you don't have to pay it now. <laughs> but But one day, you may have to pay that, which has always been that people have always... Been quite conservative on prices. You know, we've heard there'll never be a five pound player. There'll never be a ten pound player. We've got to remember there was a twenty four pound player. Yeah, with a similar dividend structure. So, yeah, I think I think that. so fifteen to eighteen pound for a 25, 26 year old. If there's a twenty two year old, twenty one year old turning more than that, we we're talking a bit more than that. I think there'll be players turning twenty five percent there'll be some players that turn 25%. There may be around, you know, they might be like 27-year-olds or whatever, 28-year-olds, 30-year-olds, but the ones can turn 25%. And obviously, yeah, there's some age adjustment there, but um, I think they'll be higher than they... People may pay higher than what they are now as well.
0: One of the reasons I said it might be less is because it's tax-free, and I think a lot of people forget about that. Like, if you were to invest in something else or try and make money in another way that isn't gambling then you have to pay tax on that
1: yeah i think i think you have to put risk on it so it is more it's more more risky than other oh, for sure. investments obviously it's less risky than it was which is a big difference because when we're saying 15 percent two years ago or whatever that was a lot different 15%, that was a lot riskier oh, yeah. 15%. Yeah, yeah. So you probably need a bit more then. So that's why you might tech a little bit less now. Mm. But the one thing that people do forget with FI is the enjoyment factor mm. and how you factor that in. You know, people would pay for FI Twitter, let alone FI. <laughs> so
0: As <laughs> uh, so you've quite, so, uh, you know, yeah. talked about before. So, uh, yeah, I
1: think I think you can get higher prices
0: without a doubt. Football Index Focus, yourself and EJ had a discussion about the introduction of tiered PB on Twitter over the weekend. Can you expand on why you don't believe tiered performance buzz should be a priority for FI now? Do you believe this is likely to be introduced at some stage in any case?
1: So so FI normally, they like to give teasers quite a lot of what they're going to do. And tiered PB is one of the only things they've ever ruled out They've basically ruled it out. It's not going to happen. So it's sort of a myth. I think that it's a possibility. I mean, of course, it's a possibility, but I don't think it's very possible, just from what they've said. Because they tend to say, "Oh, yeah, we'll we'll have a look at that," you know. But with TPB, when they've been asked that question, it's like, "No, we're not looking at that." So that's quite different, and it signals to me that they wouldn't do it. Now, in terms of my views on TPB. Personally, I'd rather see a bigger winner. So I'd rather see 25p for the biggest day winner, for example. I think that would higher prices. I think it would reward the best best players. I'd like to see a Champions League payment, by the way, as well. That would make the best, separate the best players. So yeah, I think it would reward the best players. And the, the biggest thing, it would give people another opportunity to uh, profit, but it would create more volatility than doing tiered PB. Yeah, yeah that's I, what I think are the, the main things for me. And there's another issue that I've got. So I'm quite happy with the matrix as it is. I've stated that. I'm quite happy with it. But I think if you bring in tiered B, PB, so I'm, I'm quite one well, like only the winners matter. That's my answer. And the winners, I think gen- generally across the board, not all the time, deserve to win. So I'm quite happy with that. But then if you bring in a second and third place, there are some players who rack scores up. They get that score, but they don't deserve to win really. So it doesn't bother me. But then they're racking scores up and they will win something and they won't really do anything exceptional. they just pass it side to side. So I think if they did tiered, it would question the matrix a little bit. That would be another another issue, I think.
0: I think it would have to be done the other way around. You'd have to maybe bring in tiered PB after a... If there is ever another PB iteration, right? I mean, that is the only thing that I can think of because personally, I don't don't really want to see players being rewarded for just passing to their fullback and getting the ball back from them. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to be too negative on that aspect, but I, I just do think that tiered PB... Might I? I think you know. I just
1: think it'd be bad for trading generally, though.
0: That would be yeah. my. I think
1: you know, you'd get. They want big trade. They want trading, don't they? Mm. So that that would get the biggest trading. Bigger, what else bigger winners and,
0: and and bigger losers in theory. They could they could add another. They could add like a platinum day when there's over a certain amount of games, couldn't they? So you could actually yeah. have bronze, silver, gold, and then like an extra one where there's even more games on like 20 plus or something?
1: I think the best players in the world need to be higher on the index for it to to try and reflect prices to the real life a little bit better. And I think paying more for the Champions League because most players, best players in the world play in the Champions League and if a player moved into a team that were in the Champions League, which is probably a good thing in their career, they would be worth more as well. So it makes sense to me to have, if you put Champions League price, Champions League dividends higher, then they w- would mean the best players would be higher. It just makes total sense to me that. And, you know, if you're listening, note it down, uh, FI, because that's a, that's a winner. And the other thing is, the, the only one thing I think is it would be a positive for tier. One thing I can think of would be a positive for tier BB. If, if they just did it on Starman, because I think the positional thing isn't obviously a, an they issue They kind of went people. that way,
0: didn't they, in the last increase?
1: So if they did did a tiered for star man, so first, second, third for your positions, but then have a tiered for star man, it would negate this positional problem, I think, because you could have a couple of forwards winning money or a couple of midfielders or a couple of defenders and people would make less, less issue over the positions, I think. So one argument is to do it for star man only. And uh, it might negate the positional problem.
0: Yeah, that could be an interesting thing that they could do. I think there's a lot of things they could do from a dividend standpoint. I mean, we've got a question actually from Ben Q. I know I'm jumping, skipping through the, the notes a little bit. Most people are expecting a dividend increase at some point. Rather than increasing dividends, could perhaps an extension on the IPD period from month to 60 or 90 days be a better idea? The benefit of this is that all players are guaranteed rewards for scoring, assisting, etc., rather than a winner-takes-all system that often produces unpredictable outcomes. Yeah.
1: I mean, that could be argued. But you don't have to, you have to win a dividend for it to have a price increase. We'd all like a dividend increase, right? Let's let's be honest. We'd all like all dividends to be paid more. I mean, if there's on the dividend increase, if there is one, well, there is going to be one we've been told there is, I'd like stability to start being shown on FI. So I'd like them to be all proportional. So if there's 25% increase, I'd like that across the board, whether that's possible. I don't know. I know you can have people saying, well, how'd you pay one and a quarter P? But I don't know if they're campaign decimals. I'm not sure, but I'd like a, a proportional increase, just, just stability going forward so people yeah. don't have to shuffle rebalances, second guess and shuffle rebalancing. I think that would be nice, strong thing to show uh, and that they've been sort of listening to feedback, I think. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in IPDs, I think they're great and obviously we'd all like longer periods. It's down to FI, whether they...
0: 30 days kind of makes sense, right, though, doesn't it, in terms of just like a, a period of time?
1: I don't know. What? It's only because what you are saying, that cause that's what we got used to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You mean, I, I don't know. I
0: guess so. I guess so. Got a question here from Scott Barber, FI. Dividends increase when you think it will come, how much and how how would they be implemented? Last time went from 47p to 74p. Even if it's 20%, say an extra 25p definitely would leave bronze, change silver to 5p, gold to 9p, but adds at second place. 3P category and a, a, add 1P to the top of media but I think you've, you've kind of obviously already answered this to some extent by saying that you just want a, a kind of across the board increase and maybe one in, in in benefiting the Starman a little bit more.
1: Yeah I think across the board would be decent and uh, I think we're timing wise we've basically been told before the new season so July August maybe maybe it's something they're going to do after the comms offer for the match engine. It could be announced after that, maybe.
0: What do you think we're going to do after May ends? Because obviously that was how long the promotion for Quintuple Media or Media Madness is. What What do you What do you reckon?
1: I think. I mean, I hope hope they throw more more money at us. <laughs> I've got no problem with that. But I think they they'll revert to normal rules. That one. One MB place on a match day—it's going to be hard to uh, to cope with. <laughs> got to get used to I've... it again, don't we? Yeah, just got to get used to it. Yeah, I mean, three place MB is pretty good actually. Brilliant. I wish that was every day. <laughs> I
0: God, wonder I if they do the something like that after they change MB after they make the matrix better—the MB matrix. I wonder if they say. Go back to where we were, and then when they change the matrix, say, "Okay, we're changing the intrinsic value of your bets. Like here's, you know, triple media forever." Not sure. Not sure, the hard to second. <laughs> Positive, get, thinking. Yeah. Positive thinking. Positive
1: yeah. thinking. but I think I think we'll probably revert, unfortunately, to free place, free place MB on a non-match day, one place on a match day. We've had a lot of offers, haven't we? So one month, we've and we've got a. 0% match engine offer currently. So I don't know. I don't know if they'll throw anything more at us.
0: Let's I mean, bring wait it and on. See.
1: I'm up for it, but <laughs> I'm not sure it'll happen.
0: Uh, FI Pale, do you always trade purely based on your football knowledge stats, or do you sometimes trade based on trends? For example, a young English player rising purely because he is young and English rather than having amazing talent. <laughs>
1: I think a combination of them all, really. Uh, I enjoy watching football a lot. That's probably where my first sort of inkling comes from, whether I'm going to buy a player. There's also, I mean, people, you've got the data in your head. So I probably check spreadsheets and data a bit less these days than you used to because I feel like I've got that data in my head. And whilst I, you know, I'll always check the, match day scores at the end of the day and have a quick scan down and I'll sort of remember some of those and, you know, generally remember them and see how they're doing and I'll look at players and when I watch them, I'll see how that's translating maybe to a matrix or I might just say, oh, that, he looks a really good player. He might get a transfer or something. That's mainly how I do it. Just watching football. i probably check sites like Football Index Edge once every fortnight or something, just to have a look around uh well i used to do that much more often
0: i think you're quite similar to me in that regard where yeah, i don't so, tend to use data that often but when i do oh, it's I kind think of like I a use, deep dive
1: yeah but i think i used to use it a lot more than you so it's changed quite a bit but i think that's because of recollection in my head yeah rather than actually having a change i think yeah. it's just through you know me looking at a spreadsheet from one week to the next when i can see the score i can be sort of translate that back if that makes sense and in terms of buying trend yeah I'm more than if I think someone's going to buy someone else then sometimes I will buy them yeah I think you just need to be careful with that that you don't get caught out which is the the danger I think of purely buying because someone else will buy but I do do that a lot as well and like I mean Havarts, Rose, I was already wanted to build more Odegaard, but as soon as I seen Havart's going up, I went into Odegaard. One because I thought he was a, I wanted more of him anyway. I think he's a good prospect on FI um, who can win dividends eventually, and winning them now. Um, but also because I thought people would compare him, and if I didn't move quick, I was going to miss out. <laughs> so yeah, I do definitely buy for a variety of reasons.
0: Well, I think that's all we've got time for. This has been a funny, amazingly informative, great discussion throughout our uh, podcast, I think. Thanks so much for coming on SOTD. And it's refreshing that you wanted to come on rather than me reaching out this time. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I think I only
1: need 15 more you, fifteen more uh, followers for 10,000. Ah, so, you know, even it. if even if you've got like second personal accounts, uh, <laughs> please, please follow me. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm actually a big followers. I don't know
0: how I've got more followers than Adam Cole. Must be a bold thing. Yeah, it must be a bold thing. It's got to be. All right. If you guys are commuting, uh, going back to work, or uh, an essential worker, then keep safe and, and doing what you're doing out there. If you're not commuting, doing whatever you're doing, then stay safe at home. Wash your hands, all that jazz. Sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions. There were so many. And just a reminder: Football Index is a gambling platform. Only bet what you can afford to lose, and stop when the fun stops. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening.